For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Hello again, and welcome to SEC Basketball Reaction. We stayed up burning the, well, for Max, the midnight oil, watching two games I thought were never going to end, and two more before that. We're going to talk about all four of them. A reminder, this reaction brought to you by Bet Online. NFL playoffs are here. NBA season is in full swing. Bet Online has you covered with all the up-to-the-second odds, news, and scores, with additional odds, lines, trends, and info on both desktop and mobile. You can access the world's best wagering information anytime. Head there today. Get in on the action. See the updated odds. Remember to use the promo code BELIEVE to get your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Um, it started in Knoxville. Blake, how did, how did Dalton connect to last night or yesterday afternoon? Chris, let me tell you, I wouldn't start there because Max Barr and I have receipts from the group chat on something you said about a player that we're going to get to after this game. So unless you want us to bring that out, I would not start cocky here with Dalton connect. Um, and for those of you who are not aware, we are talking about our sec basketball fantasy, which if I'm going to give max an opportunity, max, if you can find a way to pull up that, um, you can add it to our, our thing here. So people can see the updated standings. We don't have to do it right now, but just sometime in this video. Gotcha. So we're doing our sec basketball fantasy. Of course, Chris drafted Dalton connect. And Dalton Connect just absolutely took it to the Gators. He pulled the Gator out of the water, um, grabbed it by the hand like this was Happy Gilmore style. Um, and, you know, Chubbs taking the eye and all this other stuff. Like Dalton <laughs> connected all that here in this game. 39 points, um, eight rebounds, just an unbelievable performance. Uh, Jonas Adu, who's a member of my SEC basketball fantasy team, had a tremendous game as well, 19 points nine rebounds uh, and that one, a couple blocks, but I mean, Dalton connect for anybody you've, and, and trust me, we get it on Twitter all the time. It's like you guys say every year about Tennessee, you say the same thing, say, this is the year. It's right the year there. Do this. Um, but they're always like, they always falter, right? The difference is Dalton connect. This is why this Tennessee team is different to me is because they, they haven't had someone like this before. And he, he is able to just take over games to the point that we've not seen anyone do this. Like I was, I think Grant Williams, one of the most exciting accomplished college basketball players in the sec. I've seen in a long time. Um, Schofield was probably close to him in terms of what those guys accomplished, but Dalton connect scoring wise is just different than anybody else that Tennessee has had. And so, yeah, that's why I think this team's different and they, I mean, I don't, what else do you say? I mean, this game was really about him. Um, he just took over, and um, we've seen that before, and that's why Tennessee is doing as well um, as they're doing. It's why they won at Georgia. It's why they won this game against Florida, and he's just putting them on, on their, their back, and that's it. So, Yeah, I was telling – I told Blake this. I, I tweeted it out yesterday. I was even texting some of my buddies from, from back home. I said, I have not seen – a performance like this since Buddy healed in 2016. I mean, the, the shot making, unbelievable. It, I felt like I was watching an, an NBA player. 
I mean, the the mid range and give give Dalton Connect all the credit because Riley Kugel is as good as a wing defender as the SEC has to offer. And on a bunch of those shots, Kugel is is right there with a contest right there. And didn't matter. I mean, what is this? The, the who is, it was the first uh, back to back 35 point performance since Allen Houston. I mean, in the in the uh, in the SEC, I mean, incredible. Um, we were we've been saying Blake, and this has been a topic of conversation with Tennessee over the past few games with Connect going off. Is well, he needs help. You know, he needs more consistency from Vescovy and and JJJ and and these guys. Well, I don't know now <laughs> because seems to seems to me, you know, that he don't need any help. Give this guy the rock every single time down and let him do his thing because that was incredible. Did you see the end of the game? They were they were trying to get Dalton connected. They're trying to get him 40. 40. And there were yeah. some questionable shots taken. And I think somebody said something to, to Rick Barnes when they were pulling him in the last minute or so about leaving him in. And the, the TV crew said something along the lines of, you know, Barnes gave the players a look like they had aliens growing out of their foreheads or something like that. It wasn't exact words, but it wasn't going to happen. And did you guys see the clip of Rick Barnes in the locker room afterwards? I did not. No. I don't have the quote, but uh, the, the I think Tennessee put the video up of this. He said, and, and congratulations to Dalton Connect on his eight rebounds. <laughs> True. I mean, because if he doesn't get those eight rebounds, you know, you're not having the numbers you have in, in the fantasy game this week. So you got to do more than just score. All right. I don't care if he had 39, you got to add some more points to the mix. And he did that by grabbing a rebound. So a complete performance from Dalton connect in Knoxville. Florida kind of beat somebody at some point, guys, we've, we've had this conversation for a while. We think they're good, but, um, the, the the wins against good teams need to start coming soon. I think bracketology had Florida, out uh seen one of out. the first eight out yeah so that's yesterday did not help that not not that a lot of people go and win in knoxville but just just saying well, you gotta win a big game that's that's my whole that was my whole spoil going into this one why i picked tennessee with confidence i just florida's not won a big game in a while not just this season but like in recent seasons they just haven't won big games so We'll we'll see if they can do that, but that's the only path they have to make in the NCAA tournaments. They gotta they gotta win some good games at some point. So all right, on to Alabama 93, Missouri 75. Uh this one got some attention for reasons other than the play on the basketball court. We can get into that for a minute, but biggest thing that stood out to me, Blake, um, Man, th th that game was close late, and then Alabama kind of blew it open. And Ryland Griffin was just stepping up and hitting shot after shot after shot, and it looked like he wanted to be the guy. And that was the thing I think that most stood out to me last night. Well, Chris, why did why did Ryland Griffin have to be the guy in this game? <laughs> uh, because Mark Sears couldn't be. I believe do you want Mark me to Sears. pull up the? Do you want me to pull no. up the, the graphic? No, we don't. So we can see. <laughs> you, Think you know, things were said that yeah, weren't meant. Yeah. Well, let me just tell you, Alabama fans. You know, if Mark Sears has a lingering ankle issue for the rest of the season, 
there is only one person to blame, and he is at the bottom <laughs> of your screen right now, um, based on Chris getting a little too excited about this fantasy uh, game that we're all playing here and rooting against one Mr. Mark Sears in favor of Dalton Connect. And, of course, Mark Sears, my starting point guard on the Monstars, and he goes out with the ankle injury. Um Again, we won't get we won't get too far into that. There was an oddly specific prediction there. Yeah, Chris had quite a prediction, uh, and let's just say that Chris almost got his wish. Um, but yes, Rylan Griffin stepped up, made a lot of big plays here. And here's what I'm going to say, and I know we need to address the the Nate Oates thing in a second. Alabama scored 93 points without Mark Sears being much of a factor in this game and you can see the updated standings on if you're watching this on youtube you can see the updated standings for the weekly fantasy game chris lee still with three to play has 74 points max bar brutal Brutal. a a very just i don't even know what you say about max's team right now um (laughs) max with 69 points nice on that but i mean 53 14 and 2 is not going to get it done meanwhile Yours truly has 82 in leading the way, but again, Chris has only had two people play. I've had three. Jonas Adu with 44 points. Sakai Ziegler with 22. Mark Sears with 16, which in a normal game, Sears is putting up 50-plus. So let's call it what it is. But my bigger point is that Alabama just scored 93 points without Mark Sears being himself. Like, he was not himself, and he and they scored 93 points. So this is what I why I keep bringing it up. And I know Missouri struggled defensively. I get it. But still, this just shows you that there's a Rylan Griffin that can step up. Aaron Estrada had 21 here. Um, you know, Nelson with 13. Pringle with 10. Wright Cell with 11. I just, I think this is it. Like, this is what we're going to see from Alabama. And to prove that they can do this, they hit 13 threes. Sears only hits one of those. You know, they go 20 of 21 from the free throw line. They shoot 57% from two. Um, still turn it over 13 times, but I think that just comes with the territory at this point with Alabama, with the way they play. Um, so I, I just, I think this is it, guys. Like, this is the theme, and this is why they're 4-0. They just are going to have those spurts, because this game was close at one point, right? Like, even late in the game. But Alabama just, they had one of those offensive stretches that they always seem to have, and... They just took over down the stretch and, again, did it without their best player. And, yeah, that's that's why this team can be as good as, as they are, and we're really going to find out over the next two games. They're at Tennessee on Saturday, home against Auburn, home against Auburn next Wednesday. Yeah, I'll I'll start with with my thoughts on, on Missouri's performance because I got a little bit more on Alabama than I do Missouri. But I'm glad you said it was a close game um, because the final score doesn't – doesn't show that it was a four-point game with eight minutes left uh, before Rylan Griffin went on that insane run by himself. Rylan Griffin, what a game! But Nato said in the post game, he said Missouri came in 0-3 today. They're way better than 0-3, and and I think there's something to build on that. I mean, you gotta you gotta start winning games at some point, but there's there's different stuff you can take away. Tamar Bates is shooting 53% from two. 50% from three and 92% from the free throw line. So you got different, you have, you know, some positives to build on. Um, the game was as chippy as it gets. Uh, but talking about Alabama, I mean, you can't get a better performance without your best player. I mean, we were talking about Mark Sears as SEC player of the year 
first team all SEC. Uh, you get his season low and you still put up 93. I mean, my gosh, right cell continues to shoot 50% off the bench. Uh, there's just this is a tough team to beat because over 40 minutes, even if they miss a few shots in a row, even if you do get a turkey defensively against this Alabama team, they're going to go down, score two threes in, in a minute, and there's there's a six points back. It's just like there is no let up with this Alabama team, and you're starting to see the defense get a little bit more consistent. Chris, I know you've uh, you've been right on top of that with the Alabama defense and how they've been performing lately, but I mean – geez for such a close game and with Mark Sears not out and you're starting to get that feeling like oh gosh Missouri just keeps hanging around keep hanging around the way Alabama finished this game especially with who they have coming up on Saturday I just thought it was it was perfect yeah I think Missouri's lack of offensive firepower the way it had a year ago is is really started to show Tamar Bates has stepped up but it felt like their offense down the stretch was just uh, kind of let Nick Honor get in the lane and try to make a play. And and look, Nick Honor's an, a nice player. I, I just don't think in this league, there's so many point guards that are that are quicker. Alabama's got some a little bit of length inside. I, I, it just felt to me like, okay, if that's your, if that's kind of what you got down the stretch, um, you compare that to other teams in this league, and it just kind of falls short. This is. Again, I, I think this is kind of an in-between year for Missouri between last year's really nice season and and what's to come with Missouri's recruiting. recruiting. But, Blake, uh, I'll start with you, and, and I'll specify. I, I, we live in a world of sound bites. We don't see the whole story. The, the clip that I have seen on the notes thing, I think we were eating dinner at the time, and I didn't see the whole thing. It's notes. Entirety. Might even be out there on, on the clip. What? You said, you said the notes thing. Are we are we calling Nate Oates notes now? We're going to combine them together. I like that. I just notes. Did. I just did notes. notes. It was a long night last night. <laughs> I notes. think I think my brain is still frozen from the. Uh, no, I just I like three, that. I think I might degree, start using that. Notes. So, three degree notes. dog walk this morning. But in any case, Nate Oates. Nate Oates uh, did did a thing last night where he shoved Aiden Shaw. I I, I do not have the full video. I don't have the full context. I'm not defending it. I don't think I should be defending it. I think coaches can't shove players. I mean, they've got to be the adults in the room. I don't know what precipitated that. From what I hear, Aiden Shaw is a pretty good kid, not a troublemaker. I I don't have all the information. Um, I don't know if the officiating crew was just so shocked that you don't expect to see a coach shove a player or what happened there. I mean, but, but something should have been called. I mean, at least a technical um, I, I don't think we've heard the last of this because from what I hear, I, I don't think people in Columbia were, were very happy with what happened last night. Well, I'm going to watch what I say here. Two things can be true at the same time. That is, yes, a coach cannot touch an opposing player. You should never touch an opposing player in that sort of situation right because you're just you're just asking for trouble when you do that um right i mean it's just like okay get your guys pull your guys back and just take care of your own guys right like that's that's what most people would say i think is you just don't want to put yourself in that position by touching another player um and certainly you know not giving a a little shove or whatever um and i think dennis gates was right in that 
I think in most scenarios, if you're doing that, you're, you're calling a technical or whatever you're calling. And like, that's, it ends there. Like, that's just, that's what happens. And, you know, the coach gets a technical or however you want to do it. Um, at the same time, I also think that I'm not willing to go as far as certain things that I've seen to that. This was NATO. It's just, you know, WrestleMania three Hulk Hogan picking up Andre the giant and body slamming him and, you know, doing this with this harsh intent and all of that. I just, I'm not going to go that far because I just don't think that was the case. Um, but again, to go back to what you said, Chris, you are the, the coach in that situation. The player is the player in that situation. And if the player is doing something that he should not, then that is on the player and probably should not be dealt with by the opposing coach um, in that sort of manner. So again, I think two things can be true uh, at the same time. And yes, so I don't, I don't really have a lot more to add other than that. Cause I don't, I understand why, why, you know, the reactions there. And I do agree that there should have been something because I think there is something to what you said, Chris, like, I think the referees could have just been like, wait a second, what? Like, <laughs> did that, did, did we, did we just see that? Right. Um, and and there's, there's nothing happens afterwards, but I also don't want to go as far as to say that, you know, this was like a football tackle or anything. Um, but you just can't do it because again, you just, you know, that as a coach. So. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have many thoughts on it. Blake, I think you, you summed it up well. Um, and Dennis Gates and Nate Oates said both in their post games that they've known each other for, for long, long times. And, have a ton of respect for each other. Gates said, actually a quote straight from Dennis Gates said, both both teams were playing hard. That's all. And I mean, should it was a chippy a game. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's be honest. Like the whole game, this thing was just yes. chippy. There were, yeah, there were m way more instances than that. Although that's the one that again is getting the most attention. I think understandably so, but there were way more interactions throughout the game. Sidelines yeah. under the basket. Like there were a lot of, it was chippy. Um, Double technicals. So, I think yeah. that's just the type of game it was. And you know, should there have been a technical call there? Probably, yeah. But I mean, I'm not. I'm not. You know, making a big deal out of it. I'm. Maybe I shouldn't. I, I'm guessing there's something coming because I mean, how many times do we see a coach make contact with an opposing player? I mean, it wasn't as. What happened last night wasn't as violent as what you saw in Woody Hayes's career. Uh, so I, I don't know that that's a good parallel. Point is, you just don't see it that much. I, and I think the optics of the league not doing anything would not be good. I, I'm guessing he gets suspended for a game or two. Now, I will tell you this. And not, no, we're not making light of the situation. But let me tell you who would love to see a multi-game suspension. And I'm seeing it on Twitter. Auburn fans would love to see NATO's <laughs> suspended for multiple games from this. And I can see some of them already pushing this on Twitter. So... They are all in on the multi-game suspension for Nate Oates because that would, of course, mean that um, he would not coach next week in the game on Wednesday. So, but I, I don't know. I don't. I don't have anything else to add. Again, you, as a coach, you can't do it. You know you can't do it, and you accept. You know the the, the punishment, whatever it is. Um, yeah. So. All right, the, the, the nightcap. Guys, I, I, I didn't think 
Georgia, South Carolina, or especially Arkansas A&M were ever going to end. And 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 frankly, I, I wanted the, the the latter one to end a lot quicker than it did. Um, like where do you want to go? Do you want to go Georgia or do you want to go Arkansas? Now, Chris, come on here. Let's let's think about for dramatic effect. Do okay, we want the we're main event go Georgia to yeah. be? Come on, we we still come on here. Come on. We all know what the main event is of this particular reaction video. Georgia, a big win, I thought, on the road against South Carolina. Um, you know, Georgia's three and one now, and I just want to continue. I, I'm I'm well aware that I picked South Carolina, by the way. Um, but as I said, to me, this was like one of those games where these teams felt there there wasn't an obvious edge one way or the other. And so in that scenario, you take the home team and you know. It felt like South Carolina was in a decent enough spot, but um, man, Georgia's just again—they just keep finding ways, right? And we said it. The interesting thing about Georgia is that if they don't, if they play anyone other than Dalton Connect in that game last Saturday, they win that game. Like, but they just got you know all Americaned by Dalton Connect in that that game to where. They were right there. Like they had every it, you know, chance in the world to win that game. But you just had a guy who we've now seen multiple games just will his team to victory. And, and that's what happened. But now you look at it and you're like, man, you just think about what the conversation would be right now if they had won that game against Tennessee. And it and it does to a certain extent feel like they kind of did. Um, although it's not going to count on the resume, but it's just so you see what they've done. They go on the road now, win this game. They've got two SEC road wins, right? And it's like, hey, and I mean, you've only total. played four games. Well, yeah, but you've got two road wins in the SEC. So yeah. you've only played four games, and you've got two road wins in this league, which all we've talked about is how hard it is to win on the road so far. And it's just, yeah, like they they found a way to sort of grind out a couple wins at Missouri, at South Carolina, and now, you know, certainly it gets a little tougher on Saturday when they go to Kentucky. But nonetheless, once again, this they're 13 and four. They're three and one in the league. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just I I think it's great for Georgia fans because again, um, you know, it, it's just been a long time since that program has had any sort of consistent success. And I know in relation to most SEC teams, this isn't on that level yet, but they're getting there. Like they're, they're making their move. Like it, it, we started last year, they're building on it this year and credit to Mike White, credit to the players for buying in. Um, and yeah, I mean, you get the job done here on the road when you don't shoot the ball very well. Uh, but you know, grab a lot of offensive rebounds, give yourself second chance opportunities. They didn't beat themselves. They didn't turn the ball over a lot. Um, and South Carolina, again, man, just the struggles, like shooting the ball. Uh, that's now, what, three games in a row. They've shot 29% or worse from three, five of 25, seven of 24, six of 26. So kind of taking that element out uh, has been a bit of an issue for this team when it seemed like there for a while, not that they were the greatest three-point shooting team in the world, but they were having some some good, improved shooting performances They've just not had it here over the past several games. And it's looking like it's only going to get tougher here now because 
Miles Studi, a part of the big four that that we that Blake has dubbed and you know is as true as it can be with this South Carolina team. Miles Studi having an MRI on his shoulder today. Yeah. Um and Lamont Paris, it just it didn't sound good in his post-game presser. You know, normally coaches, you know, give you a bunch of coach speak with it with injuries, you know, he's day to day or he he'll have a workout, you know, this week to test his availability. Lamont Paris didn't really sound too optimistic. He was like, he's having an MRI on his shoulder first thing tomorrow. He's in a lot of pain right now. Um, And that's going to be a big blow to this team because they rely on these, that this big four so much, Um, especially to have it in a close road game where, you know, you don't come away with a win when you leave 15 points on the free throw line. Uh, It's tough. This is, this is a tough emotional blow for South Carolina. I think it's going to be tough to rebound from this one. Uh, but as for, for Georgia, I keep talking about how much I love the three ball handlers that they can have, and it's just they kind of just ride the hot hand with those point guards. Um, th- this night it happened to be Silas Demery and, and Justin Hill down the stretch. You, every possession, it's just them breaking down the defense. Maybe you kick it out to Abdul Rahim to see if he gets a look or they kind of shake and bake into a mid-range. This is a tough half-court team to stop here in, in Georgia because of all the ball handlers that they have, and Demery is—he doesn't have a freshman body. Yeah, mm-hmm. he could—he could play linebacker for the Patriots right now. So, uh, I really like this team in in Georgia. They just keep—they—they're just solid. You know, sometimes a team is just solid. And man, I, I really like what I'm seeing from Georgia. Yeah, D- Demery's a guy that that stood out to me the, the last Tough. couple games. Had some moments against Tennessee. Had that that one of the dunks of the year in that yeah. game. Got 15 last night. Um, Georgia continues just to be a team where it, it's really just a, a lot of quality parts. Not not a superstar, uh, but just impressed with that cohesiveness. I want to ask you, uh, Zach uh, Zach Davis came back last night, didn't he, Max? Because he left and went to the locker room, and I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure he played later. So that was a game where you, you mentioned the Studi thing. They really played banged up. That was a physical game, guys. You had the the – the RJ Melendez, I guess, uh, hook and hold on on yep. BJ Mack. I think you had um, Demery got kind of knocked around pretty good. Yeah, yep. well, I mean, and and the Carolina fans booed it, but live it looked bad, and it made it, it made it a little bit worse because when when he went to plant with his landing foot, he slipped, and so it made the fall look a little bit harder. But it was definitely a shove and the right call. That that was a super physical game last night um it was, wasn't the most fun one to watch i think for carolina if you want a good takeaway michi johnson stepped up and hit some big time shots with guys in his face so you know for for a team that's not maybe the most offensively talented one in the league um having a guy who can step up and, and be that dude when you need it uh was was something they got it wasn't good enough but they had that so 64 free throws in this game. Obviously, that's one of the reasons South Carolina lost because they missed 15, but 64 in this game. But this was not to be topped. No. Oh, wait. It was by the next game. Go ahead, Chris. Yeah, I, I think um, Tremont Mark is, is still hitting foul shots. What, what a game last night, guys. I, I just, when, when I'm watching it, uh, Arkansas gets up 20 the first half. AM just has no firepower. I've, I've been a little critical of Wade Taylor 
he's not been efficient. He scored a lot, but it's not been efficient. But but you watch them guys, and I don't know what their alternative is. Um, I saw at one point last night, Boots Radford took one to the bucket, got triple teamed. Because who else is going to score? I see I see guys taking bad shots in this offense at times because somebody's got to do it. Last night, the Henry Coleman dynamic really, really hurt them. I think when you, when you are hurting on shooting efficiency and, and having to rely too much on your guards, uh, you, when you got a guy like Coleman, it takes pressure off. It, it put everything squarely on Wade Taylor's shoulders last night. And, and boy, did that kid almost deliver. He was having to hit circus shots with, with guys all around him. And him led for, what, four seconds last night? Taylor hits that that shot. They, they go ahead. And then Tremont Mark does his thing at the other end in a game that was physical um, and, and shockingly entertaining at the end because I, I did not think this game was going to be anything worth watching after the way it started the first 10 minutes, Blake. No, that doesn't sum up Arkansas basketball this season. I don't know what does. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, this – I, I I really don't even know what you say about this. Like this was, <laughs> I was waiting. For this was just like a complete mind warp. I, I don't even know. Like th- <laughs> this was one that made no sense, and we knew it wasn't going to make sense based on how things have gone for these two teams. For starters, it's like Henry Coleman just doesn't play out of nowhere, and we had no idea about that when we were previewing the game. And of course, you know. Battle doesn't play either for Arkansas. Um, And it's like, and then it's just, it becomes a, I don't know, becomes a two-on-two game, essentially. Uh, And it becomes a one-on-one, like Wade Taylor, Tremon Mark, who's going to top the other? And it's fitting that it ended the way it did because that's what this theme was. Like, it was about, all right, which guy is going to, you know, get the edge the next time down in the next possession and the next possession. And it was like, what a thrilling ending because deservedly so it came down to those two guys uh, making, you know, big plays at the end and putting their team in a position to win the game. Wade Taylor did everything he could. Jermon Mark did everything he could. And it just so happened to be that Mark was the one that got the ball last and it worked out for him. Um, And so, again, there's so many ways you go with this. The fact that there were 73 free throws shot in this game. Am I shocked by that? No, because I feel like these are two teams that, you're going to get one of these kind of games between these two at some point. Like, I don't think it happened last year. Look back. Surprisingly, some of those games were pretty low foul, you know, not a lot of free throws, but just think the style that these two play and kind of have played over the years. Like it's just, you expect it a huge discrepancy in terms of like A&M grabs 19 offensive rebounds. What do we say? Like, that's just what A&M does. Um, you know, that's kind of the formula is, you know they're going to grab offensive rebounds. Just limit as many opportunities as you can. Uh, and I mean, I really, I like, I don't, I don't even know what this means. I don't know what this means for Texas A and M. I don't know what this means for Arkansas. Is the must bus officially officially back? I, I will say this. I told you I thought this was a great opportunity for Arkansas. Um, and you know, you get up twenty, and if they'd have lost this game, I mean, we would have parked the must bus. <laughs> Until next year. Like, I mean, that thing, you know, it's not going back out on the road at that point. But you can never underestimate what getting this kind of win can do for you just from the mental standpoint and your mindset and everything. 
yes, it it's unfortunate that you you kind of had a huge lead. It goes down to the wire. You needed that to win it. But again, I I know Debbie Downer over there, Chris Lee, was not on board with what I had to say after the game. But I said, just watch. This is one of those situations where don't look out. Arkansas about to go on a 10-game winning streak. I'm, I'm being a little sarcastic there. I don't think they're going to win 10 in a row, but I don't think now you can discount what that could do for this team. They play a banged-up South Carolina team on Saturday at home. They go to Ole Miss, which will be tough. They get Kentucky in their building, go to Missouri, go to LSU, get Georgia at home. There's a lot of winnable games in there. I'm just saying, but we'll see. If this is one game, or does this wind up being a trend for Arkansas? Uh, because, again, to to have that ultimate high of being up as much as you were, to come all the way back down and feel completely deflated at the end, thinking, oh, my gosh, we're about to lose this game. And then the one and only non-drafted Tremon Mark on our SEC basketball fantasy teams does it and leads the must bus to the next mile marker. <laughs> Wow, what a breakdown. What a breakdown right there. You're not getting that anywhere else. I'll nope. tell you right now. Come on. Um, real quick. Hey, Buzz, if you can just shoot me a little message real quick. <laughs> a day before the game. Hey, Henry Coleman's not playing. We got to know that stuff, Buzz. He's killing us with these these injury secrets. I mean, that's huge. Um, And then not only... Not only do you not have Henry Coleman, but Solo Washington and Wildens Levesque foul trouble <laughs> are in foul trouble right off like the bat. First, like thirty yeah. seconds. Um, I mean, I don't really know what to take away from this game because I don't know the last time I've seen a game played like this. I mean, just just so hard to wrap my head around. Uh, Arkansas, you know, up twenty. Then AM gets in foul trouble, starts like 0 of 13 from three. Some somehow, some way battles back. Uh you you get a combined 0 of 14 from three from Radford, Hefner, Carter, and Lawrence. And most of those 14, I would say 12 of those 14 didn't even look like it was gonna hit the rim. I just this game was just out there I don't know what else to call it if I if my eyelids look a little bit heavy it's because I'm on the east coast and I had to stay up to the crack of dawn to watch this thing uh insane game insane I think the biggest takeaway this is what I think you can you can break down how each team played individually and and they, they weren't good here they were good here this guy played amazing this guy didn't play amazing I think Blake said it in his breakdown that kind of just wraps up what this game is really going to be in the long run. I think it's a confidence boost for Arkansas. Just get your get your swagger back a little bit. Start shooting the ball with a little bit more confidence, playing with a, a little bit more toughness. Um, I thought El Ellis was great. I thought he was huge down the stretch, um, able to blow by his, his original defender. Uh, but real quick, this quote from Muss in the, in the postgame just kind of sums up how we've been trying to analyze this Arkansas team, how tough it's been to analyze this Arkansas team. He got asked a question like, you know, like, is this going to kind of be uh, the rotation, you know, moving forward? We didn't see Layden Blocker or uh, Caleb Battle get any minutes, really. And Musk goes, who knows whose day it'll be Saturday? I have no idea. With the way we're subbing right now, you never know. 
<laughs> I mean, hey. But yeah, he said battle not playing is, is a coach's decision. Like, yeah. wow. think about that. Like, I mean, really think it about wasn't that. The ankle. This... No, he said it was yeah. a coach's decision. When I, I look, that's what he said, right, Max? I mean, that was the exact that's quote. A direct I saw. quote from him. So, yeah. So, I mean, it's this is where they are right now. And yeah. something else he added, he's like, look. So I think someone asked him like about the blown lead, you know, and the mindset being up 20 and then having that happen. He's like, Hey, for 38 minutes before, like we played as well as we played in any sec game so far. So like, yeah. we'll take it. Even if it was a blown 20 point lead, that's better than what we have been doing. So exactly. Why not? I think it, I think the biggest takeaway that, that I'm taking from this game, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not buying too much into Texas A&M and with that, what they're going to be without Henry Coleman or what in this, it was a, this game was just, Physical as it can be, free throws galore. It was choppy, choppy, choppy. There was no rhythm. Uh, it turns into the one-on-one, just Taylor versus Mark down the stretch. Uh, I am taken away. Okay, for the next few games here for Arkansas, barring another disastrous result, this Arkansas team is going to come in with more confidence than they have been. They're going to come in expecting to win the game. And Musk said, he said, I goes, I hate to bring it up because I know you guys are just going to blah, blah, blah. But he's like that exhibition against Purdue. We walked in there with swagger thinking we're going to go beat these dudes. And he said, we haven't had that the past few games. And so now to get that back, you know, maybe you see, you know, Brazil start to be a bit more aggressive and, and Al Ellis sh- shoots eight free throws, you know, and stuff like that. So that's what I'm taking away. I think this is just a, a mental, emotional Huge step in the right direction for Arkansas, despite the the product on the floor. All right, uh, is is my role as Debbie Downer? I feel obligated to bring this up. I watched those two teams play, and, and the criticism of Arkansas before the season was they just lack shooting, and I didn't buy in. I'm buying in more now not having battle available and it being a coach's decision begs some questions to me is how fixable that is. If he's exiled to the bench, uh, to, to me, that's, that's their best hope. Maybe, maybe there was a message game and, and Musk got his message apart, but my bigger issue, A&M, some, some of the shots these guys take, Max, you hit it. I, I think Tyrese Radford missed a mid range jumper last night by three feet. <laughs> it was like um, not even close. Yeah, I mean, I say mid-range jumper, like like floater in the lane. I mean, I I just don't think in this day and age of college basketball, you can win big without having guards that can score more efficiently than there. And again, I'm not trying to bag on Wade Taylor. Love the kid. Love the way he plays. Love everything about him. But you're you putting point, too much though. on one guy. Um, and, and Wade Taylor's not even six feet tall, guys. I mean, do you remember that sequence last night where Mark guarded him and he couldn't get a shot off? Mark he just Lockham, kept throwing yeah. him back in his face, and he's going to see that. He's going to – I I just – as great as Wade Taylor is, um, I think that's why Hayden Hefner's been around. I, I think it's like you see him take some bad shots. I think that was like that's our best chance to find another shot maker somewhere. I was high on both these teams before the season. I just watched them go. I think the way the game is played right now, and, and you never rule it out for each coach, but I, I just do not see the upside for these teams because of that that I saw before the season, Max. 
Well, Hayden Hefner is on a three for 25 shooting slump from three. And it's not like these shots are rattling out. It's hitting like the side of the backboard, air balls, like just the yips. The confidence isn't there. They're not shooting with any confidence. The only offense that this team has, especially with Henry Coleman out, is put Wade Taylor and Tyrese Radford in two to three ball screens and try to get them downhill. That's it. That's all I got right now. And it's going to be brutal to win on the road. It's going to be brutal to win, period, in this conference with with this outside shooting. And unless, I mean, what? They they had one three other than Wade Taylor. One. It's not, that's just, just bottom line. I could go on and on about it. Bottom line, shooting performances like this are not going to cut it. That's it. They've got to shoot better, but I just think we got to remember They've not had great offensive teams during Buzz Williams' tenure, and they still have found ways to win a lot of games. Buzz is a great coach. I mean, they've never been a great three-point shooting team. Now, this year it's worse than it has been statistically, but even when they shot 46% in 2020, they still won 10 SEC games. Um, Or not 46%, excuse me, that was effective field goal percentage. Um, Three-point-wise, they shot 29%, three them 31st nationally. This year, they're shooting 27%, which is 353rd, so a little bit worse. But, yeah, like, if you just make some of those, like, it completely changes it uh, for them. And, you know, the effective field goal percentage numbers are as low as they've been and all that. But (laughs) the adjusted offensive efficiency numbers are still as high as they've ever been in Buzz Williams' tenure there this year. Doesn't make sense, but it is. (laughs) Um, And so I'm not ready to jump off the A&M bandwagon yet. Because that's one reason why is they still find ways to win, even as a offensive team that sometimes is, is maddening to watch. But here's another reason. Find me anyone in the SEC that has a better, mm, I would say, six of their next seven. At LSU, I'm well aware LSU just beat them by 15 at home. Understood. But I think they'll play better in this game. Missouri at home, Ole Miss at home, Florida at home, at Missouri. Home against Tennessee is going to be tough, but at least it's in College Station, at Vanderbilt. That's the next three weeks for Texas A&M. Those are all, when you have Wade Taylor on the floor, those are all winnable games. Every single one of them. So I'm just going to stick with that for right now. They're one and three. They put themselves in a bit of a hole here. Um, But I also... Saw the team that beat Kentucky last Saturday, and I think th- there's clear upside. Are they going to go 15 and three like they did last year? No, but I also don't know that they're going to shoot it as bad as they did in this game and maybe a couple of these recent games. I know, I know what's happened. I mean, they're, they're not a three point shooting team. Let's call it what it is. They need to get the free throw line as many times as they can, but the schedule sets up okay for them. I think it's very, it's an advantage just based on the opponents right now and where these games are played. So I, I'm not counting AM out just yet. Well, if they lose this game at a, or lose at LSU again, don't play well, score 50 something points, then okay. But uh, right now, the way it sets up, I, I just think that Wade Taylor is going to always put them in a position to be right there with a chance. So, all right. Uh, thank you for watching, or if you weren't watching, listening today. Uh, Max, when do you get your Braves hat? 
You got to do the show fight? from Atlanta. We're both repping the Braves today. I don't, we need to we need to get on the same page here. I do have uh, I do have my favorite team. If I want to put on my uh. Oh uh, dear, good. Oh my. Okay. <laughs> well, Max. Wow, Arkansas fans, there you go. Um, hey, have at it. Look, look mean, at right here. Look at right here. Kyrie Irving, been a oh, fan for years, gosh. years. Oh, no. I don't know if that Arkansas is going to be the fan base that has the biggest problem with Max from here on after that. Hey, that's I forgot about Kentucky. Yeah, um, that's what I'm thinking. I always forget about the Bill Lambeer jersey in the back there because that's that, was like, that was Alabama-Missouri. Like, Bill Lambeer yes. was out there during that game. Um, so, yeah. I don't know. I, I, thought, I thought Georgia-South Carolina was maybe the most physical game of the night. I thought maybe. guys – I mean, had, guys did get hurt. Well, yeah, but you had like more scuffles, Bill Lambeer style, in the Alabama Missouri game. That's true. So, as yeah. the bad boys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks for watching. We'll be back at it on Thursday morning to recap three games of Wednesday night for Blake Lovell and Max Barr. I'm Chris Lee. This is Southeastern 14 presented by Bet Online.